Press the button, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> What's up? Welcome to another episode of Snacks Packs, the episode after our 100th episode, what usually people call the 101st episode of this yeah. podcast. Commonly this referred the, to. This is the dawning of a new age for our podcast. Yeah. Hey, to- We're going to edit every single one. Now. Yeah, right? Toothless, toothless, <laughs> say something into the microphone. Say something. Come on, do it. Do it. Do it. Squeeze her. Do it. Usually if I pat her butt, she'll meow really loud. Ah, <laughs> ah we got something. Yeah. <laughs> it sounded really good in my mic. I don't know if it came through to you really well. Um, yeah, so it's going to be a longer episode. Goose has a bunch of fucking bullshit he's going to talk about. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the sell, asshole. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, is, oh, yeah, this is our McDonald's Yeah, this is a McDonald's themes episode. So um, I had a... Um, I Do you remember sh- when we started an episode with you eating the McRib for the first time? Yeah, that was that was a long. I felt like forever ago. It was when disgusting. was that? Disgusting, dude. The McRib, very fine. You are not it's very fine. That is like the only thing that surprises me about you is that you will eat the McRib and think it tastes okay. It's fine. I mean, the thing is, you are a giant picky man, baby, about what you eat, and I can eat just about anything. I feel like the McRib is something that is logically sound for me to be like, this does not taste great. I just Um, watched a whole documentary about the McRib, and people have have been fiending after it for 30 years. Yeah, I watched, uh, we watch a lot of weird history on YouTube whenever I stream before that I start the playing the game. the name of the games. channel? Yeah, Weird History. Um, they have also Weird Food History and they talk, the dude, one of the most... I thought we watched the same one. I'm telling you, dog. One of the most baller channels on YouTube, Weird History. They teach you what it's like to be like in cowboy times and like what outlaws are truly like and then like we play a lot of Red Dead, so it was like, oh, let me be a bounty hunter. Then we watched a video on what bounty hunters actually did and I was like, I don't want to be a bounty hunter anymore. Uh, they kind of suck. All they did was catch runaway slaves, and I'm not cool with that. So hard, no, yeah. Hard pass. I mean, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, the uh, I've been watching. I am watching presently a uh, 90 minute documentary about the Disney Channel theme song, like just the four note little jingle. Oh, that really? They have. 90 minutes. And it's by def- 90 minutes. But you know, Defunct Land. I think I've yeah, talked to you about yeah, it. Like, yeah. Dude, he, this production he did, because it seemed like he took a few months off of making his regular videos to do this and funded, like, a re... It really is, like, a real documentary. Like, Damn. he has all this, like, incredible, like, I guess, B-roll, but to make it feel like more of a cohesive, like, project, you yeah. know, and that he's, like, working on. And it's actually really well done. Like, it's it's pretty neat. I was, I was super impressed with it. Like, it, it is easily something that could be better than the shit i've seen on tv did you see the link but the link? it was also a huge nostalgia wave oh like seeing fair. the like yeah seeing yeah. fucking hillary duff do the so uh, yeah, or do the, the mouse, mouse yeah. oh my god <laughs> <laughs> you did you see the link i or the link i sent you on snappy oh, what? andrew callahan getting his own hbo show yeah i know about that yeah. i've been waiting for it fucking for ages. Yeah. Um, i cannot wait i really wanted to go see him in philly but 
I don't have the vacation and it's Tuesday night and Damn. I can't fuck over D and D and not have any like you know I'd be coming back at like one in the morning or something. Yeah, shit that's fair. No, that's I couldn't fair. do it. And I'm really sad. I hope I get another opportunity. Says Andrew, dude, have you seen all of the Channel Five stuff yet? I've seen like eighty five percent of it. Like, did you see the Hoffman twins documentary that he did? Uh, two white guys living in like an exclusively black community basically uh they had like an adoptive gra- black grandma and everything and they have an n-word pass with the whole community it was crazy wait uh, the whole documentary was awesome no they're dudes andrew it was actually like a really neat sympathetic look at those guys but later he has the episode where they hang out with chet hanks and they're like the most obnoxious terrible i so i remember yeah okay so i i didn't watch that documentary but i remember watching a video of his where they like showed up in and they were just probably like, the chet hanks uh, one. yeah they were just kind of like off the fucking wall and i was like bruh yeah they like, were off. Yeah, they were kind the of. The documentary annoying. was really well done. It honestly did them favors. Because I, I, th- I was like, man, this guy seemed, you know what, kind of cool. And then I saw them, like, a little more of their personality. I was like, oh, no. Yeah, not quite. Nah. Not quite. Not at all. Um, I had a fucking show this weekend in Iowa City. And, uh. Yeah, was it big? Yeah, yeah, no, it was good. It was like, I think we, the, I think the venue cap was like 300, and then we did like 360. Um, which is nice, but, uh, um, there was this fucking guy who was, dude, I don't know, man, like, hold on, I got a burp, give me a segment. Um, so. Looked like a good one. It, yeah, it was nice, it was nice. And so, <laughs> there was, like, this group of people on stage most of the night, and it was this girl, and she was there was this girl that was part of the group she was in this red and black striped shirt and there was this guy who had like who looked like do you ever watch the movie not another teen movie uh no i never did see it it look, does not look it's not awesome. great hold on look up not another teen movie Jesus, jamie Dorothy. presley and chris evans yeah that sounds like a so google google not another teen movie dorky friend and the guy wearing the fedora, that's what this guy looked like. He looked exactly like this dude. Um, but he had, like, blonde hair that was, like, oh, parted down okay, the middle okay. and, like, a Boy Meets World kind of hairstyle. So, uh, <laughs> but he didn't, lo- he d- he didn't look a great. Boy Meets World yeah, um, And he... Uh, <laughs> He was like, where he and dude, I don't know, I don't know how to describe it. It was very like, it was very like this dude, like very middle school, middle school, like trying to be edgy. He had like a black button up and like fingers gloves, whatever. I don't have room to talk. I dress like a fucking sixteen year old, so I'm not, you know, whatever. I'm just saying. So he fucking is like the entire night. He's like hitting on this the the girl in the black and uh, red striped shirt in their friend group, and she's very very pretty. But he has laid it on thick. He's really fucking just like putting the moves on her, like really trying. And somehow, and I'm watching this all unfold the whole night. I'm watching this happen, and it, yeah. it was to the point where I like at one point I thought about going over there and being asking her and being like, "Is this guy bothering you? Like, are you okay?" Um. During the night, she spots this dude on the other side of the stage. He's, like, very tall, and he seemed like he was there alone. He seemed very awkward. He seemed like a very awkward guy. 
And like I would notice him sometimes when I would be doing stuff on the on the DJ board, he'd kind of like be staring at me pretty hardcore. But I think he was just interested in how everything worked. I don't know, but he just seemed very like socially awkward. But he was singing along, getting into the music. He seemed like a really cool dude. So sure. black and red stripe girl notices this guy. He's very tall. He's got the hair parted down the middle again. He's got brown hair that's kind of curly. You know, not a, not an unattractive guy. She notices him and walks over and starts like talking to him and like spitting game with him. And this guy again is like going along, you know. Oh. He's like, "Oh yeah," fucking starts talking to her. They're they're like hitting it off and um you can tell that he like in like very just socially awkward. And then fucking blonde-haired dweebazoid comes over <laughs> and like he like notices this happening from across the stage and is like oh, oh. fuck this guy's moving in on my fucking my you know when in my fact girl. she's moving yeah in. when in fact yeah. she's the one moving in and he goes over and um kind of like starts talking to her or whatever and then like slowly but surely like it was weird watching this all happen kind of gets in between them and separates her from him and the guy that she was initially talking to was like again seemed like he you know was just kind of a socially awkward guy so he didn't really do anything about it he was just like oh i, I guess mean, i don't know if i would you know what i mean or like if someone was i don't know i guess it how depending on how it looks but like if you manage to pull her away, be like, okay, I guess you guys know each other well enough. Yeah, I don't know, man. If, if she came over, yeah, I probably, I guess, I can't even say. I mean, if she came over and talked to me. Because if he and, was, like, you know, tugging her by her shirt, I'm yeah. like, all right, it's hands. But, you know, if yeah, he's just like, ah, and then gets her out of there, I'm like, all right, well, fuck you. I get that. You know? I get that. Whatever. Um, So the night goes along. I don't and- fight over Oh, yeah, really no, mean, absolutely you know? not. Absolutely That's not. That's ridiculous. Uh, that is yeah. fucking ridiculous. We're not hyenas, Dude, guys. No. Um, so the night's going on. This guy. Everybody knows dicks worth it. <laughs> <laughs> um, blonde haired guy still laying it on thick. And I don't remember. Uh, and like at one point in the night, he tried to set a beer bottle on my table. And I grabbed the bottle and I was like, reached out to give it back to him, but he turned away from me. And. Another girl that was in the group he was with was like, oh, I'm sorry, and tried to take the bottle from me to give back to him. And I was like, no, 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 no. So he's like jumping no, around, and I like grabbed him by the shoulder and spun him around. And I was like, you fucking left this there. And he was like, oh, my bad. And I was like, it's all good. Just don't set things on my table. And um, so I've been burned before. Yeah, I, I, yeah. And, and <laughs> I had to explain to the girl, the, the red and black striped shirt girl, because she kept sitting on the table. And I was like, hey, don't sit on this table. And she got like real upset about it. And I was like, listen, I'm not trying to be a what? dick, but I had someone fucking basically destroy my laptop last time they touched. Like, they, but this is my stage. Yeah, and the, you, yeah for real. Yeah. Um, so, and I think she was just like a little intoxicated. So anyways, night goes on. He's spitting that game hard. And I forgot what song was playing, but she's kind of like dancing and her back's to the wall. And he kind of like halfway goes in to kiss her and she kind of leans back a little bit. And then he, I, and if that was me, that would be enough for me to be like, never again. Never going to try that. Not going to pull that move again. Oh, but yeah. He fucking, yeah. he doubled down, doubled no. down hard and tried to go You're back in. the bad territory. Yeah, tried to go back yeah. in for a kiss and she like turned and just like walked away. Like turned and just like stepped out of the way. I was like, damn. Buddy boy got fucking. Good for her. Yeah. yeah. R.I.P. Bozo. Uh, yeah. yeah. You got found on, fool. 
Get Rex. It never worked. The dudes trying the hardest are the ones who always no. fail. That doesn't work. It doesn't work. You shouldn't have to try really no. hard. Yeah, yeah, already, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. If, if you're, you're like a, a fucking car salesman trying to make them end of month quota, like you're not going to yeah, come it's, Yeah, you it's not. It, yeah, it looks. I mean, I don't want to see. I hate to say it, but it just looks like desperate. And there's oh, a way yeah. there's a way to really like swoon somebody that doesn't involve you know fucking overbearing them yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. jesus christ yeah it was pretty painful to watch pretty painful to watch i dude that was some of my favorite shit about working like when i would work side stage and just have to stand there for like four hours yeah and i'm i just like i just watch the crowd because they're not they don't i don't they don't even notice me i'm furniture no yeah them, you know? yeah and, and i could just watch whole narratives play out across the night you know just <laughs> easily to watch spot the whole story go down and uh i love it it, Dude, was, yeah. it was the only thing that gets those was just people watching yeah it, like people watch, and like people will do the dumbest things even though like like you said you're you just blend in you blend in like you are you might as well yeah. be another fucking like speaker like it it watch so many people pick noses dude yeah and be, like dancing <laughs> and then like try to <laughs> like Haha, i got saw that ass. guy gotcha <laughs> right, hit him with the flashlight yeah. <laughs> what's that on your finger yeah, there, what, buddy? what do you got going up there my friend uh, so do you want me to go first today since you got a long ass fucking, it's your turn. I mean, yeah, I went, I just covered soapy first last yeah. time. So Goose was like, we need to not do a lot of banner because I have a long story and I was like, I just don't have anything to talk about. I've just been playing deep rock and waiting to fucking drive to Kansas. That's pretty much all I got going on. Damn, I'm waiting for my break. How, how long I got is, 18 days off. How long is that drive again? like 18 hours 19 <sighs> hours so brutal it's pretty long that yeah it's quite we're brutal. gonna have a cat and a dog too oh you're bringing your cat and your dog with you what am i doing what do i do with them i Where don't do know I, I just figured maybe you exactly. would have someone to check up on them i don't know man oh yeah i'll, I'll consult all my friends around here <laughs> hey, friend. hey hey friend come over and take care of my most precious animals yeah if i, I mean, mean if you were doing vice versa awesome. from lawrence to to, to Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania. Uh, yeah, you would have options. everybody who could come over and check up on him. Just yeah. all the more reason why. Although uh, last time I had some one of my friends' house, <laughs> it, it did not turn out how I fucking hoped. <laughs> uh, oh, that was not yeah, what tough, I had expected. Tough. Actually, no, it was exactly what I expected. Uh, also I fair. Yeah, you should have known. Yeah. You should have known better. No, um, I did. I even told Reagan, I was like, hey. I'm specifically not mentioning that I want them to clean the house because it's a basic common courtesy and I want to see if they do it. I told her that was going to happen. And then we came home and it was a disaster. I was like, yeah, you know, I mean, there Tracks. You go. Tracks. <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, I try. I mean, I, I don't fucking, I, I didn't don't, set them up. Yeah, you know, that's like, fair. Jesus, that's, that's fair. Basic I guess fucking requirement i guess i don't really have anything else to go over either. I, besides the fact that I like took the whole week off work, um, Oh, this whole week. Yeah, right? this whole week. So I took this whole because like, how many games we play together? I'm trying to remember. Is there anything we could play? We should hey, play some games. I agree, but we got to find one that's cross platform. Um, uh, right, right, right. I'll have to look up. Inter- I mean, 
or is as uh, system intensive as Terraria. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> true. Um, but uh, uh, I bet I could play Left 4 Dead too. I bet it still. I bet it runs fine. I used to run it on a like 2013 integrated graphics card. I'm pretty so. sure I, I have Left 4 Dead too. So I might. I, I'll have to see if I can read it. It's pretty much. This I like kind of requirement. I, I played it a while like a long time ago and it was I was like this is like kind of hard. This is like not any It is game. hard. This is a hard oh, yeah. game. It is hard. Like there yeah, was, there that's was, what I liked about it. It had a real high skill curve. Like, and the, like when you played with people who knew how to play that game, it was like yeah, a big difference. Like the mall and shit like that, dude. I was like, holy yes. fuck, bro. Like it was really yeah. hard to get get through that entire game. Uh it yeah, was tough. For real. Uh, but I love that game. It is it it's is a, a really good fucking game. I wish Back for Blood was like I don't know. I liked it, but it was eh, it was all right. But I took the whole week off work, so um, I'm gonna um, we're doing this today and then tomorrow. I think me and Super are gonna go do something, and then uh, like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I'm gonna go and see the old parrots. I'm gonna take my nephew to go see Santa Claus, which. I was told my mom, I was like, yeah, I'll take Abel to go see Santa when it was really like, I want to go get a picture of Santa, but he can come yeah. along with if you'd like. You're like, sure, if he gives a shit about Santa too, yeah. cool. <laughs> oh, I've been meaning to ask you, you posted a TikTok and an Insta video that did numbers. Okay, this is, I'm asking you a boomer ass question right now. Okay. And in that video, you were wearing your full... I, I would say gun show attire, basically. What you know, if you really want to peacock it, and you're like, "Sir, I need to see some ID." Why oh. did that video do numbers? Well, I don't so understand. It's a trend that's going around. Okay. Um, see, that's what I was. So th- it's was a trend on TikTok, and where it it's like they say some kind of like. Uh, You'll have these people who look normal, and it'll be like, "Sir, you can't bring that water bottle with you under the plane." And like the guy turns around and opens his jacket, and he's got like a bomb strapped to his chest, um, or like it says some mundane shit. Like, uh, let me, because it's it's like it, you only play the intro of the song "Mississippi Queen." So, like the top video under that sound is like, um, uh, says like, "Sir, that's a urinal. You can't like poop in there." And he like pulls out a gun. Um, uh-huh. so it's like, and, uh-huh. and there was one video that was like, and, and I, the way I did it was like, oh, it looks like I'm going to pull out a gun, but I actually pull out my uh-huh. license and like, you do it really like, it's in slow motion, but you do it fast to make <laughs> okay, the cop like, okay. like nervous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it did really good. I actually just saw a video of a man dying cause he double finger gunned the cops after getting pulled over. Oh, damn. That's like tough. the first one he does he does this and they shoot him and I mean, he was definitely trying to just kill himself by cops yeah, and yeah. then he gets shot and he starts digging in the back and he goes like that and with oh, his fingers again and they oh, shoot <laughs> damn that's tough uh, so but, I see what you're yeah, okay that and, makes the video funny to me and now I get it it did good on Instagram partially because one people were like oh I like your outfit blah 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 and there were people that were like just like wanted to talk shit about like i saw and I so saw i and i don't normally do this but i i started commenting and replying to everybody that had like some shit to say um strictly because i wanted my comment to have more likes than theirs which was the case every time 
Uh, you gotta ratio them. Dude, you always have to ratio them. And it, like, there was people that like, you're the kind of, you're the kind of person that the dead Kennedys make fun of. And I'm like, why the fuck would I give a shit about some geriatric fucking punk band? What they have to say about me? I don't give the a god. Sixty five year old man made fun of me. Ugh. Yeah, I don't give a dim a damn about what the fucking dead Kennedys have to say about me. They don't even know I fucking exist. Um, and then there was, dude, there was, imagine caring, you know? Yeah. Imagine caring. And I was like, I was like thinking to myself, I was like, you really like, you take the, the, or like some guy was like, uh, this guy goes to three gigs a year and films a video in his truck about teenagers who don't mosh. Right. And I just like commented and I was like, what is moshing? Um, but there, I saw the dressing like this is the least punk thing you could do. Yeah. I was like, is what I, is it? Yeah, then? what? Yeah, I what? Like, what I, 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 I don't know. <laughs> um, I guess I need to like put on a button up and like cut my hair, dude. And that's pretty fucking punk rock. And then there was this one guy. Oh man, I hope I can find his comment. Uh, he commented on oh, it. And he was like, the shit out of him. <laughs> yeah, I, ra- I ratioed. There's like one or two that like the 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 numbers come close, but in, like nine. Like most of them that commented on, I ratioed the fuck out of them. But there's one, there was one guy that like said a bunch of shit. He was like, you know, nobody's fucking scared of you and thinks you have a gun. You you don't look like a biker or punk. You look like one of the East Village hipster punks. And I was just like, one, that's hilarious because I always carry a gun with me. But two, you're like, yeah, I actually do have a gun. Yeah. And so I went to this dude's profile and I started fucking, oh man, where is it? I started scrolling through his post. And I saw like a oh I found it I saw a picture of him and I was like and I saw that his name was Liam so I commented on it and I was like I was gonna say some really sarcastic shit to you but I just hope life treats you better and like all the good things happen to you because he is not he's hard to look at I'm gonna send you a picture of him right now uh, <laughs> you're like you know what yeah it looks like life's kicked you your got ass got stomped on enough today yeah, yeah life really gave you the shit I, into I the saw state. a lot of comments that were like. And on the ID is the most normal looking dude yeah. possible. And I was like, if his ID is old enough, it might it actually, might actually be look like, like that. that. Yeah, no, it, it looks like how I look now. I just sent you a picture on Snapchat of this dude. Um, yeah, but I, uh, yeah, he was uh, That's so funny, dude. It's great. Yeah, he said, I don't think anybody's afraid. Like, you, you, you have a gun. You don't okay. look like a biker gang punk. You look like an East Village hipster punk. And I said, Liam, I was gonna say some sarcastic shit to you, but after looking at your pro- profile, just hope life treats you better. I hope all the good things happen to you. Keep your head up, Queen. Oh, that poor guy. Yeah, look at that Let's man. Dude, you for real. I, I, Dude, you got that all wrong. I brother. was thinking about commenting on it and being like, are you just jealous that I can actually grow a beard instead of this <laughs> shit that you have on your face? But I don't want to be like, even though he was a dick to me, I'm just like, I, you know, it's it's not a good look just to be fucking mean to people. Yeah, remember your whole thing is being positive. Remember, yeah, being nice. Said. You're being, positive yeah, and nice. <laughs> positive and nice. So I'm just like, uh, there are times where I do want to fucking go off on people, but... It's not even about like keeping up image. It's like it's like I just like I don't have the energy in me to fight with people on the fucking internet. No. And nothing I yeah. Nothing good comes yeah. out of it. Like you don't I don't feel I will better. like type out a comment and then just delete the whole thing. Yeah, I'm like, same. all right. Fuck it. Like I feel better. Oh, like what am I? Want him to respond to me? God. Yeah, no. <laughs> there's no reason for me to fucking do all that. Didn't uh I remember we talked about Hold on. I, I remember this because we talked on our 100th episode. We didn't read, like, mail. So, uh... We read messages, Messages, but not the, not the email. Email. I'm gonna, yeah. We only have one, so uh, it's from what's our... What's the Snacks Packs email again? 
like snacks snacks, oh, snacks, mail, ma- at snacks packs mail at gmail.com yeah, yeah. so we had one listeners. from one of our anonymous homies um i just want to say that i love the banter before you start still waiting on the updated about your uh about your car did oh talking about you uh, did the truck company ever get back to you of course they didn't but were they were you able to write a bad review? Also, almost looked up that penis pump thing on the episode about the soccer player y'all were talking about. Decided <laughs> I, but decided I didn't want to end up on a list. Can you call out that podcast by name? I don't want to stumble upon them on Spotify. They are disgusting for what they said, and I don't want a chance listening to them. Uh, I Did know- we talk about me going and listening to it? I can't remember if I followed up with you because I went and listened after Did you, you mentioned it. No. And I was I was pissed. Yeah, dude. dude it I is shit on their fucking dude, podcast. Good. It was it was like almost worse than you said, and you sold it like dead on. I was like, God, these people are Yeah, gross. it was bad. Like, it was fucking terrible. And I was like, maybe I was like, maybe Brexton's uh, you know, depiction of the uh ladies part of it was like worse than it sounded you know or it yeah, sounded worse than it was yeah. and she was like fully you know thought it was funny and yeah explicit about it i was like you're awful which you i guys are gross I, exactly like I wrote, I she literally said like oh well you know she killed people she, yeah, she like, killed like, people. 10 years yeah, later she was a fucking was, child was dude yeah yeah Jesus. yeah they're they're shitty people uh that person i can't remember if the person that sent us that email i can't remember if i've already told them about that pot the name of that podcast but you know who you are that wrote this email you're uh Next time you're in a Twitch stream, I'll tell you the name. Um, oh, okay, that's a good. Idea. Yeah, instead yeah. of just blasting them on our podcast, but uh, yeah, man. I took them down another like point four. Dude, points hell yeah, good. <laughs> <laughs> fucking pieces of shit. Yeah, I was a. Uh, I've never, dude. I've never been like so utterly fucking repulsed by a podcast that I've just like turned it off. Um, I had a similar experience about music this week, actually. Um, I don't know if you listen to SZA. Do you ever listen to SZA? I, I, She's part of TDE. I, yeah, I know who she is. I've heard some of her music, but like not a whole lot. Yeah, they're at a four point six now. That podcast instead of when I did it, it was a four point eight. away, yeah, just chipping away. Um, the she she's really good. I really liked her older albums, and even her latest one, Control, which was like twenty sixteen, was really good. But this latest one that came out, dude. Oh my god. She had a song on there. I never skip I never skip songs or skits or anything on first listens of an yeah, album. I yeah. just listen through. And I was like doing stuff on my computer and this song that she ca- came out with called F2F Face to Face was so like maddeningly terrible. I was really? like scrambling for my fu- I was like I have to fucking skip this. It sounded like it sounded like SZA's best impression of a Taylor Swift song and it was so awful and I was like it really tainted the whole album for me I was like I don't I just this is just the worst music you've ever made and the album was also like 24 songs long which is never a good sign yeah and it was just it was just such a bummer I was so bummed Uh, I uh I yeah six years I waited for that album I have heard I've heard a lot of people not say great things um, not about saying, the latest album. Yeah, about her, about her album. I have heard like nothing yeah. but bad reviews. Did y'all see that uh, nah. Gucci Man released an album that's got like eighty six songs on it? Yeah, it was a lot of uh, re released stuff. Hair, on it. Hilarious. I, I, yeah. Uh, also, R. Kelly dropped an album like from prison. What really? <laughs> super illegal. That yeah, is, he shouldn't have been yeah, allowed to do that. That's a terrible idea. 
just wish, oh God, the people. I'm sick of hearing about R. Kelly. Yeah, I was same. like, how did how this happen? How did this happen? Someone made a whole album with this dude. He's such a horrible. Dude, literally person. the fucking. It's like people still working with Chris Brown. It's like, bro, are you fucking kidding me? Stop. Just stop. Just stop. I guess. I mean, I get people just don't. People like don't care. I guess. I mean, I don't understand it, man. But uh, whatever, I suppose. I can't see. I don't see how people, yeah. people like that still have like skin in the game after beating the shit out of like a very, very like beloved uh, artist. And also the other one he's being a, a bunch diddler. of police incidents yeah. too. And like that yeah, not being he's... the first and only woman that he's beat. It's fucking yeah. shitty. All right. Um, yeah, you go first. So, That's right. What do you got for our McDonald's themed episode? This story episode? has really no good outcome. It's going to make you really mad and it, nothing good happens. So um, let's get right in. I thought I'd sell it like that. So <laughs> <laughs> since we have a McDonald's yeah, <laughs> themed episode, I thought I'd talk about one of the most fucking Real, like I said, ridiculous and blood boiling scams to hit all the old fast food business. Uh, so this scam also didn't just hit McDonald's; it 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 happened to a number of fast food places. Um, and there's like a few sit down restaurants that happened to, but McDonald's is where like the most known story took place. So, uh, back in old, uh, so it's we're in 2004. We're in Mount Washington, Kentucky. And Louise Ogborn had shown up at the local McDonald's and began working her usual shift. So Louise had just turned 18. She was, like, really well-liked in her community. She was, you know, she's a child, basically. She was kind. She was an avid churchgoer. She was a former Girl Scout. She had taken the job that paid $6.35 an hour uh, due God. to her. Yeah, Jesus. God. Tough, dude. Uh, holding six dollars in your hand dude, that is for an nothing. hour of work no i would just give that to a homeless person yeah. six dollars that's uh-huh. nothing so uh she took this job because her mother actually just recently lost her own job and she wanted to help bring some income into the family so she arrived to her shift and continues on uh continues with her duties as usual and at some point uh, during her shift, the store's phone rings, and 51-year-old assistant manager Donna Jean Summers picks up the phone and begins speaking with the caller. On the other other end of the line, uh, there is, uh, sorry, on the other end of the line is a very calm but stern man who identifies himself as Officer Scott. He tells Donna that he is a te- detective with the Mount Washington Police Department and that one of her employees has been accused of stealing a purse. Donna would go on to say that Officer Scott gave a description of the suspect, and Luis was the one that fit that description to a T. Officer gives to, Officer Scott gives Donna an ultimatum. He says she could search Louise at the store or be arrest, or she could be arrested, taken to jail, and searched there. Um, which... Why? Okay. You, oh, okay. Yeah. 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 I, I, I mean, dude, if the police ever tried to tell me to do something yeah, on the like, phone, fuck I'm you, like, dude. Fucking come make me, yeah. bitch. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Like, do your job. I'm not doing your job for you. Um. So Louise is called into the small back office, and when told the situation, she becomes hysterical. Understandably, she would later say, "I was bawling my eyes out and literally begging them to take me to the police station because I didn't do anything wrong." Hell, even Donna said later on that she had never known Louise to do a dishonest thing. So Donna, following the orders of Officer Scott, 
who instructs Louise, she instructs Louise to remove her clothing one item at a time until she was completely naked. Not only was Donna in the back room, but so was another assistant manager, 40-year-old Kim Dockery, who watched the ordeal unfold, stating that Louise was crying and that, quote, a little young girl standing there naked, it wasn't a pretty sight. No fucking shit, especially oh, in the back man. office of a McDonald's. At no point are you like, wait, I don't think we should do this. It gets worse. <laughs> like, it gets so oh. much worse. So Officer Scott stayed on the phone during the entire strip search. He told Donna that he had McDonald's corporate on the other line, as well as the, the store's actual manager, who he even mentioned by name. So this further solidified to Donna that what was happening was legit and that, you know, and she said she thought she could hear police radios in the background as well. So Luisa's covering detail. Yeah. Nice touch. Yeah. For the scammer. Jesus. (laughs) So Luisa's covering herself with a small apron. Donna takes Luisa's clothing and places them in a bag and takes them out to her car where Officer Scott said the police would arrive shortly to pick them up. At one point, Donna had called in Jason Bradley, a 27-year-old cook, to watch Luis and stay on the phone with the stay on the line with the officer. And Bradley picks up the phone, and Officer Scott instructs him to have Luis remove the apron and describe to him what she looked like, you know, naked to a T. And Bradley was like, "Get Jesus. fucked! I'm not doing this." And he hands no. the phone back to Donna and leaves. But still, Donna stayed on the line. So now, so by now. Louise has been held captive in this back office for over an hour. Um, they had taken all of her clothes. They had taken her keys. She only had an apron to cover herself up. And like I literally just mentioned, they took her car keys. So she like really can't leave. She's kind of just stuck here. So um, Louise stated that she was scared because these were people of, you know, quote, higher authority than her. And she thought she was in major trouble with the law. So at some point... Donna tells Officer Scott that she has to go back to the counter to help with customers, and that's when Officer Scott asks Donna if she has a husband who could watch Louise, which should have been a fucking red flag, but okay. So she tells him, quote, no, I'm not married, but I intend to be, so Officer Scott tells Donna to put put her fiancé, to phone her fiancé and have him come watch Louise while she goes back to working at the counter. So around 6 p.m., she calls what? her. Yeah, she calls. How ca- did she agree to this? This is such a dumb woman. Yeah. Outrageously so, stupid. So around 6 p.m., she calls her fiance, Walter West Nix Jr., who is at home at the time. She tells him that she has a situation on her hands and she needs help, and he, uh, she needs help, and he comes fucking right on over. So. Excuse me. So Donna gives old Walter the the lowdown. Uh, you know, police are on the phone. She is accused of stealing, and this man goes to the back office and gets on the phone with Officer Scott, and he tells Walter that she's also suspected of dealing drugs, and that police are currently searching her house in Taylorsville at this very moment. So. For the next two fucking hours, this dude does whatever Officer Scott tells him to, and it's pretty fucking Boot terrible. Lickers. Yeah, he forces Louise to drop the apron and describes what he sees to Officer Scott in detail. He orders uh, her to put her arm uh, above her head and dance. Officer Scott saying it was to see if anything would, quote, shake out. 
He would also make uh, her do jumping jacks, deep knee bends, and like stand on the swivel chair and the desk in the office. He made her sit on Walter's lap and kiss him. Officer Scott saying that it would allow Walter to smell anything that was on her breath. And when Louise, oh my God. when Louise would refuse to do uh, all any of this stuff, Walter would then like like Officer Scott would tell Walter to, um, "Are you fucking serious?" Go across the desk. Demon. Dude, fucking goblin, bro. Goblin. Um, just knocked everything off the side of my um <laughs> side of my uh table. Sorry about that. Had to deal with a cat. Um, as I was saying. So, um, basically, Officer Scott's like, Yeah, this is a lie to smell anything on her breath. So and when Louise refused to do any of this stuff. Um, Officer Scott instructed Walter to spank Louise like as hard as he could until she would like her, like her ass would turn red. Which, at some point, how are you not like this is like this is not correct? Like something here is wrong. I know. Dude. That's why I'm like, I don't. His fiance sus as fuck, dude. Now. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, um, each time Donna would come back to the office, Walter was instructed to make sure that Luis would cover herself, and when Donna would leave, the abuse would start up again. Sometimes Luis would even speak to Officer Scott directly, and he would threaten her and demand that she do as he says if she wanted to keep her job and avoid further punishment. Fuck that job, bro. Fuck that McDonald's it's job. Six dollars yeah. an hour. I, dude, Wait, how old is she? She's like eight. It just turned eighteen. Um, uh, just turned eighteen. Awful. Yeah, she's you know, dude. I can't imagine. Uh, uh, yeah, infuriating. That's not amazing. Yeah, infuriating. You gotta leave. Um, so about two and a half hours go by when Officer Scott tells Louise to kneel down on the brick floor and perform oral sex on Walter and when she refused Walter said when she refused Walter said if she didn't do it he would hit her so she did um, Walter said that? Yeah which I want to assume that Officer Scott basically told Walter if she refuses you need to hit her but I don't know man it wasn't that clear that just that the art what I re- He has a weird hand in this. Yes he does. Yes he does. How could there be any su- any police explanation yeah. for for needing that you yep know? so officer Jesus. scott uh so uh let's see so she ends up having to do that uh and after this donna ends up going to the back office once more louise covers up officer scott tells walter he can leave but he must go get another male employee to replace him so they go and get thomas sims a 58 year old maintenance man who did odd jobs around the store um, he was also like, it, it, they made it a point to to say that he was a ninth grade dropout in the article. Um, Why did they say that? I think to Why, further. I what think does the, that have to do with anything? I, I think the reasoning behind them doing that was for them to be like, you know, this guy who some would consider unintelligent, like immediately knew this was bullshit. So why the fuck didn't anyone else? Um, so. He goes into the back offices. Back office. He sees, you know, he's fucking shocked as what he sees. So, you know, he sees the situation. Yeah, he's yeah. Like, oh my Louise god. Is oh naked. my god. Yeah, she's crying, only wearing an apron. Donna assures him that it's okay, and fucking corporate has quote approved it. Uh, 
Sims looks it's like no. Dude, yeah. So this dude looks at Donna and is like, "Listen, bitch, you are smoking fucking southern deep fried crack if you think this is right and it makes sense." And finally, Donna is like, "You know what? You might be right." And you know, it is weird. Yeah, right. it is weird. <laughs> um, so she finally fucking gets on the phone and calls the manager, Lisa Siddons. Whom's Officer Scott said that he had, he said was waiting on the other line. Um, he's like, "Hey, Lisa, you are telling me to strip yeah, this teenager, yeah. right?" And Le- she's like, "What the?" Fuck? So Lisa wakes up out of a dead sleep, and Don is like, "Oh fuck, um, you know, this is not right." So they give her her clothes back. Luis and and Donna, you know, in the article it says Donna is like sobbing hysterically, profusely apologizing, blah 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 blah. Um, and Luis even asks, like, the other assistant manager that was in there in the beginning if she still had to show up for work tomorrow. And, Aww. uh, the, the other assistant manager... He's like, we... Dude, yeah. You're probably never gonna have to work again yeah. after this settlement. And so, <laughs> the other assistant manager is like, God, no. Just take off all the time you need. Like, don't worry about please, it. Please. Yeah. Don't call the police. Um, so, obviously, if you hadn't fucking gathered it, uh, Officer Scott was, in fact, not a cop and had hung up as soon as the ruse had been figured out. Uh, this was also all captured on CCTV footage, the entire ordeal that was in the back office. So, oh, God. Um, obviously, this fucking takes a toll on Louise. She starts suffering from panic attacks, severe insomnia, and nightmares. Uh, she's forced to get multiple get on multiple antidepressants. She graduates high school, but she is too shaken up to enroll in the University of Louisville, uh, where she wanted to go to study pre-med, which is fucking pretty tragic. Pretty tragic. Um, it is. Dude, it sucks, man. Yeah. So. When did this happen? 2004. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're right. 2004. I just, I just Googled it. The article for it was updated this year. Dude, it's fucking bananas. So, um,. Uh, so police and obviously a police investigation opens detective buddy stump, which is quite a fucking name. Like that is, that is a Kentucky detective. If I've ever heard, if I've ever heard that, uh, buddy stump, detective buddy stump. So he's from the Mount Washington police department. Stump boys. Yeah. He's a brand new detective when he has handed this case, he watches the footage from the incident and he gets real fucking fired up. He says, quote, it burned me up that this happened to an 18-year-old girl. And so he starts hunting down whoever might have done this. He was able to track the phone number of the call. uh, Sorry, he was able to track the phone number the call had been made from, uh, but it it was listed to a non-existent phone and turned out to have been a prepaid calling card. Um, He was a little little let down, and it seemed like he really wasn't going to have much of a chance to catch the guy. He also learns the call came from Panama City, Florida, which wasn't much to go off of, but, you know, it was something. A um, Panama City detective actually tells Stump that there was an officer in West Bridgewater, Massachusetts, who was hot on the same case. Like, he was doing, he was, they were going after the same guy. So, old, and that, that detective's name was Old Detective Sergeant Vic Flaherty. Um, because his incident wasn't the only one, like that McDonald incident, incident, sorry, wasn't the only one to happen. There was like a good amount of these that had actually happened. 
Um, let me find the list. Wow. So, so this it's war. This dude. This is yeah. soul crushing. So this many people fall for something this fucking obvious. So I'm gonna go through a little uh, uh, the the list of ones that were reported. So two calls like this were reported in 1992, one in Devil's Lake, North Dakota, another in Fallon, Nevada. On November 30th, 2000, a female McDonald's manager um, in Litchfield, Kentucky, undressed herself in the presence of a customer. The caller had convinced her that the customer was a, quote, suspected sex offender and that the manager, serving as bait, would enable undercover police officers to arrest him. Um, in on 20, January 26, 2003... An Applebee's assistant manager suspect, subjected a waitress to ni- a 90-minute strip search after receiving a collect call from someone who purported to uh, be a regional manager for Applebee's. In February 2003, a call was made to a McDonald's in Hinesville, Georgia. The female manager, who believed she was speaking to a police officer who was with the director of operations for the restaurant's upper management, took a female employee into the women's bathroom and strip-searched her. She also brought in a male employee who conducted a, quote, body cavity search of the woman to, quote, uncover hidden drugs. McDonald's... See, and it's like, this shit isn't even about the caller. Like, every one of those people should go to jail. Yeah, yeah. Every fucking one of them. Like, this is... It's weird that the caller works... But the people facilitating it are all yeah. despicable monsters. So, it doesn't I even, agree. Like, I just can't believe that they would believe that it's a cop. And if it is, they have no compunctions about doing things yeah. like that for them. Yeah. Scum. So scum. On that incident, McDonald's and the GWD Management Corporation, which was the owner and operator of the involved McDonald's restaurant, were taken to court on the incident. In 2005, John Francis Nangle... Senior judge of the United States District Court of the Eastern District of Missouri granted uh, summary judgment to McDonald's and denied, in part, a summary judgment to GWD management. In 2006, the United States Court of Appeals and the 11th Circuit affirmed the judgments. Um, so what that just told me, uh, summary judgment is a judgment entered by court for one party and against another party similarly. So do they favor on the side of McDonald's? Is that what I'm oh, reading? McDonald's, yeah. Of course yeah. they did. And then Fuck and then me. the cool I mean the McDonald's is blaming the people who did it. Yeah. Uh, but you know? and they and I was saw in one of the articles that was like McDonald's has in its handbook for managers that they don't allow strip searches. Yeah. So, that, so that's another thing but, I was going to go over. They allow like the searching of belongings or like searching, like having someone empty their pockets out, but they strictly say that they don't allow you to strip search anybody, which is wild. Uh, so in July wild. 2003, America is a waste. Dude, I know. Um, in July of 2003, a Winn-Dixie grocery store manager in Panama City, Florida, received a call instructing him to bring a female cashier who matched a description provided by the caller into an office where she was to be strip searched. The cashier was forced to undress and assume various poses as part of the search. The incident ended when another manager entered the office to retrieve a set of keys. In March 2004, a female customer of a Taco Bell in Fountain Hill, Arizona, was strip searched by a manager who received a call from a man claiming to be a a police officer. So, um, back to our... Is, do we think this is the same guy doing they, all these calls? So, so well, yeah, we'll get to that. So, um, 
so Stump, uh, back to our story. So Stump and Flaherty are able to to trace which Walmart the calling card had been purchased from. Um, and they were able to do, basically they were able to trace that it came, it was purchased from a Walmart, but like there were a million Walmarts in Panama City and nine times out of 10, they only had cameras facing the entrances and the exits. They didn't have them on the registers. So they had to like cross reference with other Walmarts and they finally found a Walmart that had cameras on the register and they saw a man purchasing a phone card and they saw the same man at another Walmart get caught on the camera walking in um damn so, that's surprisingly good dude, detective I know, yeah <laughs> so son of a bitch so they find their man it's a white dude about 35 to 40 with slick butt with yeah. a slicked back black hairstyle and glasses i could have told you all yeah that. duh yeah yeah he was also he was uh he was see, also seen like i said on another walmart's video he was seen on the other walmart's video cameras wearing a black jacket with small white lettering on it so, Flaherty flies to Panama City on June 28, 2004. I think that's Flaherty. I like way. Flaherty. I do, too. <laughs> it's a good... I like Flaherty. Sorry if that's not your name, detective, but it's... a. It's. I like it, so I'm going to keep saying yeah, it. Yeah, it's like an Irish thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Old, old, old bloody Flaherty. Old Flaherty. <laughs> uh, so, uh... Mm, sorry. I had to take a drink. So, he flies to Panama City... On June 28, 2004. And he shows local officers a picture of the suspect. And he's like, hey, can you identify what kind of, like, the, you know, can you tell, what can you tell me about this photo? And they immediately are able to tell him that the jacket he's wearing is a uniform worn by officers of the Corrections Corporation of America, a private prison company. Um, Yeah. And, Fucking fuck Ooh. you, fuck correctional officers, fuck private Dude, prisons. That, uh, of course, a person like this is in charge of people uh-huh. actually in prison. Dude, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So they are like, "Oh, great!" So they go and they show it to the warden at the correctional facility, and he identifies this man as David R. Stewart, a 38-year-old guard on the swing shift. Obviously, Stewart denies making the calls. Uh, the detective says, but he denies that he did any of this. Uh, the detective saying he began to sweat profusely and shake uncontrollably when they brought it up. He insisted that he never bought a calling card, but when detectives searched his house, they found one that had been used to call nine restaurants in the past year, and they also found dozens of applications for police departments, hundreds of police magazines, police type uh. uniforms, and this dude had a fucking like cop sona. Like that's what dude, dude he was hardcore. That guy probably pulled women over faking being a cop. He sounds like a ultra predator. Yeah, he honest. looks like one too. If you look him up, he's fucking. He looks like what's a, his name? He looks like an Amber Alert. His name is David R. Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, he does. <laughs> Let me look this motherfucker up. Yeah, he's um, not. Yeah, yeah uh, you want to search in David R. Stewart and put McDonald's phone scam at the end of it? Yeah, yeah. I was like, there's a lot of David yeah. R. Stewarts out there. Yeah, R. Stewart. Yeah, dude. What a, f- uh, uh, God, I look, it doesn't take much to become a cop, right? Yeah. We all know that. You got to do the bare minimum, thank, dog. Thank 
God in heaven above yeah. that the police did bare minimum enough to not let this man a police officer exactly you imagine yeah and he, that well, so really nowadays it. nowadays to be a cop you got to do like some size, some sort of schooling whatever the the bar is not high but it's a little bit higher than it was in like 2004 when you just had to graduate high school um so the, and, and this dude still could barely still pull it could off. not he do couldn't it. become yeah. a real cop Thank God that him not becoming a cop. I had a probably, cousin who was who was all they went to criminal justice school. They were like, I'm going to become a detective. I want to become a cop. They wanted to be cops since they were fucking 13. Guess what they became? A criminal. A fucking corrections officer. Oh, my God. They went to prison. Dude. That's what they all do because they're like, well, at least I get to wield my power over other yeah, people. Yeah, over other know? people. In like hate that People who are dude. truly, truly powerless and can't do anything. And, like, he, and I, he'll, he will, like, brag about, like, I, like you know, I get to go home and you don't and, like, saying that shit to them. I'm dude, like, that's dude, so shitty. Disgusting. Yeah, you're, you're a, a fucking a, awful oh. person. I'm gonna be honest uh, with you. Dude. He's a devout Christian. Of course, yeah, of course. Uh, <laughs> nothing, nothing says Christianity like making people believe that you're better than them, um, and yeah, making like their being lives a miserable. For human slavery. Yeah. That's I nice. I, I gotta as I gotta be real with you. Thinking about it, man, I have not met like a correctional officer that I like. Like I have not. I bet met, Rick Ross is cool. Is wait, I'm Rick, sorry. Rick what, Ross seems pretty cool. Is he a correctional officer? He was, yeah. What, really? He was, he, yeah, they think that he got his name from, because he worked at the prison that Rick Ross was in. Oh, Rick really? Ross, the CIA trafficker, yeah. No shit. Oh, I did not know yeah. that. I, th- I feel like, okay, yeah. maybe Rick Ross would be cool, but like... Every- he seems all right. Although I always laugh because he like raps about being thug, and I was like, yeah. "Oh, you were a prison, yeah, you're a prison officer. Guard, you're the dude. worst." Yeah. But also, like, I I just haven't met like I've met a handful of them, and like when I would go visit my brother in prison, all those fucking correctional officers were like the biggest douchebags. Like every yeah. like there there was one time I think. We were visiting him, and this guy, like, tried to get up and go to the vending machine, and one of the officers was like, you need to just sit the fuck down right now. And it's like, bro, he's in visitation. Like, let him fucking, like, what is he going to do? Fucking run. What are you doing? It's a minimum security prison dog. Take it easy. It's, You're it's not like, a fucking you know, Big Mac. Every job has, I, you know, of plenty of people who are like, I just needed to make money, and I took a job. And they're usually fine. But uh, like a lot of the people who go to work at a prison like that wanted to do it. They yeah, want to go be to. in charge of people imprisoned. What the fuck is that? Like, yeah. it's such a gross it's desire. A weird, yeah, like, it's a weird thing. Like, and like, I, you know, I can understand the illusion of like, I don't, I don't even know if it's an illusion, but I can understand people being like, I want to be a cop because I want to help my community and try to do better. I get that. But like a correctional officer, you're, you're only, your only thing you're doing is having power over people who have already no power. So I don't and understand. I, the you know what? I really think it like, it really is a ton of cop washouts. Like, and I think a lot of the people who want to do it, want to pass as a cop but don't want to risk actually getting shot yeah getting you know in I mean? yeah yeah no, so they're like putting their life where i have this thing and they have nothing yeah. you know i'm like just pussies they're horrible people and too. they will like, wa- and I, I, almost I, everybody who like earnestly wants to work at a prison should be denied that job yeah. instantly agreed unless agreed. it's like teaching or something it, it's yeah it's like i mean it's like people who like yeah in the army they want to have all the glory and and this that and the other but they don't want to do any of the work. Like we had a kid who 
the entire time was just a shitty soldier, and then he ended up going to uh, one of the mental health facilities. And one of the one of another another guy in our unit was also in the same facility he was in. And when he came back to our unit, the other guy, he was like, "Yeah, man, he was in there telling people that he deployed like four times and that he was like <sighs> fucking like this, that, and the other." And then he got kicked out of the army, and he was so disliked in our unit that they would not like they would not tell us where they dropped him off after he got chaptered out because so many people wanted to go find him and beat his ass. Um, that they had to drop him off at an undisclosed location. Uh, yeah, dude, it was shit. bad. It was fucking really bad. I have so many You're stories about You're very dishonorably you, yeah. discharged. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but like a year later, I saw him on Facebook, and he like he said something. Like He made a status, because I, I went to go look at his Facebook to see if he was still being a piece of shit, and he made some status, and someone on it commented on it and was like, yo, yeah, you're looking good, boy. And uh, he commented back and was like, "I've uh, don't call me boy. I've literally because he spelled it wrong because he was dumb as shit. Yeah, um, he yeah. was. Yeah, he was like, I've literally been all around the world. And it's like, dude, shut <laughs> your fucking mouth, you goddamn jabroni. <laughs> like, literally, the, he had. He's not even gonna claim no, like, that he fought, dude. He's just yeah, like, I've, I've just been, been around. I've been, I'm not a boy. Yeah, I knew. I'm like, it's okay to say boy yeah, too. Like, whatever. It's dude. it's just a term, bro. And like, uh, he had." His he had his initials tattooed on him like six times, and he also his own his initials. Own initials. Is yeah. he worried he's gonna forget? I don't know. And then he had infantry tattooed down the back of his arms, but it was spelled wrong. And so he was, <laughs> <laughs> he, was uh, he was an a, a, a specimen to say the least. Um, yeah. So uh, so Mount Washington charges this guy, and Stump drives to Panama City to arrest him on June 30th, 2004. He pleads not guilty and ends up being released on a 100,000 bond, which was posted by his brother, who was a retired cop, um, so pending his trial. Jesus, God. Unfortunately, the, the thin blue line, Dude, brother. yeah, backs, you know, back the blue, baby. Um, so unfortunately, this dumbass dickbag was acquitted of all charges on 31st October, 2006, both defense and prosecution attorneys speculate that the lack of direct evidence, like a recording yeah. of the caller's voice or something like that, might have been what led the jury to finding him not guilty. Stewart remained a I suspect. I can tell from the rip that that was yeah, super yeah. uncertain. I yeah. was like, they, they, they're not going to have shit for no. that. So, uh, Stewart remained a suspect throughout a ton of similar cases in the U.S., uh, but, excuse me, when he had been arrested, the scam calls just stopped coming in. No restaurants reported them after that. Oh yeah, yeah. wow that. Yeah. So and That's circumstantial. But that is the story of the McDonald's phone scam. So I did I want I didn't go into as much detail as I could cuz you said yours was going to be long so I wanted to uh That woman won a six and a half million dollar settlement. Louise? Yeah. Good. She fucking deserved it. She won it was from McDonald's because it said that McDonald's didn't tell other McDonald's employees so, that someone's I, been calling around. Thank you for fucking uh, reminding me. I wanted to talk about that. So it turns out that McDonald's had put out like a, a memo about this incident hat, like not this you know one incident that I just talked about, but like it being a thing where someone's calling around to places and pretending to be a cop. They actually were sending out stickers that were supposed to be placed on the hand receiver of the phone. And the actual phone stand itself of reminding people of this. 
but because it's such a big fucking corporation and dissemination of information doesn't fucking exist, they never got it. So when because because that Walter dude and Donna were also brought up on charges as well. Walter was brought up on charges of like I think it was like aggravated assault and sodomy. Um, uh, yeah, solicitation. Yeah, solicitation. Sodomy, which that's I was like, was. I simply cannot baffle yeah. that as a charge. I don't know. Um, and so they were brought up on charges as well. And one of their, um, sorry, one of their, you know, fucking rebuttals was that they weren't told this information and stuff like that. And, um, and also Donna Summers ended her engagement with Walter, uh, you know, obviously, uh, she was <laughs> that's not good. Yeah, yeah. Um, she was, she, yeah. I mean, I, I, and I saw in the article while I was skimming it that the judge referred to. Well, it was the judge called Donna a victim, and then her charge got reinstated after. That. I did. Yeah, anyway. yeah, yeah. And so I'm like, I don't know. She's a fucking idiot. Is at least half of it. And maybe if there was a formal legal declaration of being just really fucking dumb, yeah, that would come with a little <laughs> bit of weight, you know. Um, and so like, something that affects their employment. So she was uh, Donna was fired from McDonald's for violating corporate policies, prohibiting both strip searches and allowing a non-McDonald's employee to enter the the restaurant's office. Um, she entered. I was so confused about that too. I was. Gonna- ask you i was like wait did that guy work at mcdonald's no 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 no. that was her fiance that she just uh, yeah i know i just thought maybe he could have worked at mcdonald's too because he came into the back office but then i was like oh my god he's just some fucking guy well she entered so uh she entered an alford guilty plea when she went to court um which is we've talked about i think i can't remember i don't think we've talked about that i haven't referenced that on here but i think i did on like a crime and cosmetics it's basically a plea deal where you're like uh, where you assert your innocence, but all, uh, but, but also is you know guilty, quote terms, unquote. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And that was to a single count of unlawful imprisonment as a misdemeanor, and was sentenced to one year probation. Uh, Kim Dockery, the other assistant manager, was transferred to another location. Walter Nix pleaded guilty to sexual abuse, sexual misconduct, and unlawful imprisonment. The judge agreed for to a plea deal for Nix to exchange. Uh, for Nick's in exchange for his testimony against David Stewart due to the level and length of his involvement in the physical crimes, Nick's was sentenced to five years in prison. Um, which, yeah. Kind yeah. Of like it should have been a little bit more. But so, yeah. There is a, the article I got. Dude, that guy. Dude, yeah. He is a predator. Most, for sure. He, mo- he'd been waiting for this opportunity. And, and like, they had a bunch of character statements about him. Uh, so, the main article I got most of my information from was the CourierJournal.com. They did a really good in depth uh, article about this, all this happening. And he had, a, like, a bunch of people who were like, yeah, you know, Walter was a really good guy, blah, 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 blah. But they also had, um, uh, let me find the dude's name real quick because I didn't put a lot of this in here because I just wanted to keep it somewhat short because I know yours, you said yours is kind of a, you have a lot uh, lot going on, but they go they go and they talk about um, this psychiatrist um, who, there we go, Stanley Milligram or Milgram, and they talk about this dude and how the why authority can be so persuasive um, and how people, so these people were good targets because in the service industry, 
you know, especially back in 2004, it was always like, you're trained to think, what can I do for you? What can I do to make you happy and make your life ultimately easier and better? And how can I best serve you? So granted, it's not really an excuse, but he goes into, to, to, to talk about how when people are put in front of an authority figure who identifies themselves as having authority over them, they will do whatever, you know, they can to uh, please that person and feel like they're doing the right thing. So, um, sorry, he was a psychologist. I'm sorry, not a psychiatrist. Those are two, uh, different things. Um, but he, they talked about the, 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 um, the experiment they did with the shock test where, uh, participants were introduced to a student and told them to shock the student every time they made a mistake increasing the voltage with each error and the person wasn't actually getting shocked it was an actor but a good portion of those people would turn the the shocking up to like almost like a very dangerous level because they were were even coached that it could be lethal yeah yeah yeah, because that's what they were told to do and that's what they felt like they had to do because for the greater good or whatever not really and i'm not saying it's an excuse but there is there is some kind of like psychology there to it of people i mean yeah, that's fair. And think about how much power cops wield. Exactly. Already, you know, yeah. if someone worries their life is going to get fucked up and you're, you know, a cop to see and do it. The thing is, I, there, I def, I am just kind of irritable and it doesn't, it's, I don't think I would be one of those people. No, and absolutely I think that's not. caused problems for me in my life. Yeah. But at least I wouldn't do shit like do that. Do like that. You know? And especially, like, no fucking like, chance. And especially in a situation like that, like, it, and like, even, you know, growing up, even my parents were like, if you're like getting pulled over or something and you don't truly believe that it's a cop pulling you over, call the police station or the non-emergency yeah. number and ask them if you're getting pulled over. So like in a situation like that, when this, when they're like, I need you to strip search someone in the back office. It's just be like, and that's not happening. I'll call the police and have them come down here and she can be taken to jail. If that's that big of a deal. Um, I don't know why they wouldn't just take her to jail. That's what the jail yeah. is for. Like if she's in real trouble. Yeah. yeah people are fucking dumb, dude. That is a crazy story. I will say from my story, I don't think people are quite as stupid. I know this okay. is a little more intricate. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, um, so we're doing a McDonald's episode. Uh, are you done with yours? Yeah, yeah, you I'm done. More? Yeah. Okay. Miserable. Thank Awful. you for that. Told you. <laughs> Told you. Yeah, it was terrible. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, I don't know. That dude's probably never going to become a cop, which is a consolation. Great. The world knows his fucking face, and there's enough evidence out there that, like, it's like Casey Anthony, yeah. you know? We yeah. all know you killed we your know. fucking kid. We know you did it. Yeah, so I, I think there's at least um, value to that, and that poor victim at least got $6 million. $6 million. I mean, granted, you know, will help. it's one of those things. It's not, where, like, better. Yeah, you know? it's one of those things where, like, money is not going to fix all the, you know, the the trauma you went through and no. the PTSD you have, but, I but mean, at least, at least you you're compensated nothing, like for so fucking something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so yeah, this one, there's going to be some justice. I'll tell you now, a little bit of justice, a little bit of not justice. Yeah, it'll be good. Um, we're doing McDonald's. Um, we also talked about McDonald's briefly in our fandoms season during the infamous pickle Rick incident. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, um, I got my sources from New York times, NPR, and this massive daily beast article that seems to be like the definitive coverage of it because like. 
Wired, Mashed, New York Times, and NPR were all like, oh, Daily Beast said, and I was like, okay, okay so yeah, I just, I'm basically just reading yeah. the Daily Beast article. Yeah. Uh, there's also a HBO documentary series. It's shockingly six episodes called yeah. HB um, McMillions. McM- um, I think I've, I don't, see, I've seen that, but I didn't watch it. Six, that's too long. That's yeah. too long. I was like, nah. Um, so my story is going to be about McDonald's Monopoly. For those who don't know what that is, I presume you live in Albania because they've never had a McDonald's before. But back in 1987, McDonald's came up with a game with up to $40 million in prizes where you get a Monopoly board that they put on the trays and distribute. Mm. And uh, you get for each block of properties that you collect on the you know, uh, fries, drink, uh, b- box of food or whatever. Yeah. You can fill out the board, you fill it out, and they can get prizes for it. These could be something f- as small as fr- uh, free fries, which you could instantly redeem. That was always the best. You're like, you crack that open. Right there, You're baby. Like, oh, sweet. And you just walk right back. Give me some more fries, bitch. That is the <laughs> best. <laughs> um, and you could instantly redeem those. Or if you finish the Baltic Avenues, you could get a Sega game console. Hell yeah. The rarest two were the purple spaces which were boardwalk and park place uh which were a big cash prize um you could get the properties by oh yeah uh the peeling them off the boxes of food that came in you usually get more with the more expensive meals genius idea yeah absolutely genius promotion people would go there start buying mcdonald's way fucking more because of it um lots of people could find the park place piece but the boardwalk was the very very rare piece um, I didn't understand that as a kid. So I remember when I found the park place, I was like, I am halfway to a million dollars right now. Yeah. Jesus. I dude, I remember playing the game, but I never understood it. I was just like, I got this piece, dude. Let's go. I was like, dude, all I need is one more. I'll have a million dollars. Yeah. We're fucking <laughs> going to be a millionaire dog. Um, the, I was just laughing because Stu covered their face. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I know who they yeah. are. Uh, um, the McMonopoly was a huge deal. Um, not since the Happy Meal had McDonald's seen such an insane increase in their sales as a result of a promotion. People would trade and sell pieces on eBay, and there were multiple incidents incidents of armed robberies to Damn. get McDonald's stickers. Damn. Uh, which I think is really stupid <laughs> i was like you can't cash that in idiot yeah they like know what's, what's wrong with stole yeah. it. <laughs> um so if you're gonna go in all in on an armed robbery just go steal cash from a pawn shop mm-hmm. Don't, the, the stickers that's that's a lot of loose ends on that idea. it also doesn't seem worth the effort i'm sorry does not yeah. seem worth the effort surely yeah <laughs> uh i mean on the low end at least you get a lot of free meals that's, that's true I just robbed somebody at gunpoint for a free large fry. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the prize uh, were you know pretty rare, but they still did get wins. And our story starts on August third, two thousand and one, when McDonald's gets a call on its McHotline from a fifty-six-year-old bachelor named Michael Hoover, nice who also worked as a pit boss at a casino and recently filed for bankruptcy. Uh, he claimed he had won the $1 million grand prize. Okay. All things considered, a very unlikely thing to happen is it's about a 1 in 250 million chance. God damn. Similar to the power, yeah, about the Powerball lottery chances. 
Lots of people can find the three of the four railroads, which I myself remember doing. The short line was one in 150 million. Jesus, so also yeah, extremely no rare. fucking way. He won his million by finding the instant win game piece instead of matching the purples, which wow. is even rarer. Yeah, I, was, I can't imagine that's a better uh, fucking chance. Yeah. So they quickly sent a camera crew and a McSpokesperson to McInterview the McWinner, okay. and he's <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> uh, he's uh, holding his big ass check, and they're like, "How did it happen? Where'd you find it?" And he's like, "I fell asleep on the beach, and when I woke up, I started cleaning off the sand, and my People magazine fell into the sea. So I went to the grocery store, I bought a new one, and it had the instant win in it. What? And the." Two men filming him at, uh, for McDonald's were undercover FBI agents. Nice. <laughs> so <laughs> hell yeah! Turns out that Michael Hoover has found himself in the middle of an 18-month FBI investigation into the Monopoly contest. Jesus. So we got to go back. Okay. It starts in 2000 when FBI got an anonymous tip claiming that the contest was rigged by an insider who goes by Uncle Jerry. They claimed the winners would send Uncle Jerry payment for the stolen game piece. Like if they won the million, they'd have to give him the first $50,000 check. Because you okay. could do the lump sum that was super taxed or way less taxes to get the annuity that was fifty grand every year for 20 years. Okay. If you do the Powerball, do the lump sum. If it's a million bucks, do the annuity. You'll yeah. live 20 years, I promise. It's worth <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, there were times... That he would want to pay up front, but uh, which caused some people to mortgage their houses to pay him. And they also um, passed along that a single family in Jacksonville had claimed three of the grand prizes and a Dodge Viper. What? W which was one of the rewards. You're getting fucking greedy, dog. You can't claim three of the prizes. Like, Just you out. wait. Okay. So the investigation was headed by Special Agent Richard Dent at a sleepy Atlanta FBI office that did not do a lot of shit like this who had promptly reached out to McDonald's execs about the tip. The legal team was all about it, immediately McFaxing him a list of previous <laughs> winners and expla <laughs> explaining how the contest was run and which companies handled each step. This pointed the FBI to the person in charge of game pieces, the director of security at Simon Marketing, named Jerry Jacobson. So with this latest winner, oh, Dent had Jerry. thought they'd figured out who was in charge, but they wiretapped Jacobson's phone and they found out that this whole thing was way bigger than they thought. Really? You could even say it was supersized. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like um, this is a good story to do all the puns because my story would not, the puns would not. Yeah. Does well. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about yeah. Nick assaulted or something like that. <laughs> um, while Jacobson was in charge of defrauding Ronald McDonald, he was also in charge of a network of mobsters, traffickers, and a family of Mormons who had claimed over $20 million of prizes. So to That's go not back very Mormon. Bit, oh, it's, it's super Mormon. Mormon. I uh, guess. I mean, um, I mean, like the the stealing. I feel like, I, yeah. well, I, you know what? Yeah. I would say, I feel like Joseph Smith wouldn't like that, but he probably would. He would probably he would have be definitely been on this scam. He's like, McDonald's. <laughs> He's like, you guys got a sure million? Yeah, Duh, deal. Yeah, you want my good. wives? Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. He would have been all over it. Yeah. So uh, to go back a bit, Jerome Paul Jacobson was born in 1943 in Ohio with big dreams. Unfortunately, after moving to Miami, allergies and high arches kept him out of the Marines. 
and which is good. He didn't have to go to Vietnam, so yeah, welcome. True. And uh, then a rare neurological disorder that paralyzed him for a little bit took him out of the police. His wife took care of him while they moved to Atlanta, and he rehabilitated enough to start work as a mechanic. Then his wife got a job as security auditor for an accounting firm. I'll tell you more about that job later. Um, and then eventually got him a job. They got divorced like two years later, probably because he was a former cop, and that's yeah. just what they do. Uh, but Jacobson continued to rise through the ranks, eventually ending up in charge of the production for Simon Marketing and their half-billion-dollar McDonald's account. Jesus. To his credit, he was supposedly very astute, very good at his job. He would even inspect the bottom of workers' shoes to make sure that they hadn't stuck game pieces at the bottom of them to steal them. Damn. And Simon Marketing liked him so much that they offered him the, a job. So they, they scalped him. So he oversaw the entire price system and was personally responsible for cutting the high-value pieces. He cut them himself with scissors, and then he put them in security envelopes with security sticker, and he put it in a vest that he made himself with a secret pocket that he designed to fly these pieces to McDonald's factories all over the country, where he was overseen by an independent auditor who would fly with him and watch everything he did. Damn. And then he would go up to the factory, he'd get in a fucking forklift, pick up a pallet of fries, slip it in there, close it, you know, that's how, that was his job. Jesus. Really cool sounding job. Yeah, that's, I mean, that is... Damn. It's like Bond yeah, shit. For, for like, McDonald's. <laughs> McDonald's <yeah>. for Momo. <laughs> He would tell co-workers that he's waiting to collect his riches from an investment that he never explained well. And he said he'd just need 10 more people to sign up. And he often claimed a need to go hear from a psychic that he was constantly hyping up. These people thought he was a little weird. Whatever. In 1989, at a family uh, gathering in Miami, he slipped his brother, his stepbrother rather, a game piece worth $25,000. He said it was half bragging to have to see if he could do it. His um, Atlanta butcher uh, said that he wanted to win a prize, but he didn't want. Um, but uh, Joe Jacobson didn't want too many people close to him winning the butcher. Yeah, so he's like uh, close to him winning. So he was like, "Hey, man, get a distant cousin." Um, and they claimed that a ten thousand dollar prize, and they gave Jacobson two grand to do it. Um, just so at the time, McDonald's is dealing with a lot of employees stealing these things. Uh, in the 90s, uh, Wisconsin, a 17-year-old stole a roll of 3,000 game pieces. And uh, so McDonald's changed how they handed them out. And then this also, when that happened, it caused Jacobson to be removed from the seating process. So he couldn't do what he was doing. Oh, really? But when they increased the scale of the contest in 1995, he got back in. So oh. I don't understand why they would go back. Yeah, I don't know. That would make any sense. In that year, um, this year, 1989, they used a supercomputer to randomly pick where the winning pieces would be sent to. But a couple of times, the supercomputer picked Canada. So McDonald's execs re-ran the program to pick a U.S. location because they specifically did not want a win in the Great White North. Why? I don't know. I do not know. So I was so Jacobson was like, this whole thing's fucking rigged. I wonder. You know, like I mean, they sell. They have that whole contest in in Canada, and no yeah. one can win it. The I big wonder, prize. I I think it's because of taxes. Yeah, I was gonna say. I wonder if it's like an inner like because technically that is a, that's a you know it's a different country. So 
It could be a whole international thing. But I'm like, thing. surely fucking McDonald's could figure out the logistics of sending money across a border. Like, or maybe, <laughs> or maybe, maybe it's like their their gambling laws. I know would that be considered gambling? No, they wouldn't be allowed to have the thing at all. Oh, they, they just really? couldn't have the biggest winner be in Canada. I think it's just because the American market is probably McDonald's most successful one, and they wanted the success of a winner being in the U.S. That's they don't fair. care about Canada. There's like 20 million people there. It's like huh. how many people eat McDonald's in yeah. the West Coast. You know what I mean? That's fair. So uh, he was like, fuck it. This is rigged. This is rigged. I don't give a shit. So it wasn't long after this that he received a package that was sent to him accidentally, and it included the anti-tamper seals that were used on the game piece envelopes. So he would go into the bathroom at the airport, the only place the female auditor could not follow him, and swap out the pieces. He also said that he stole some documents to prove that the Canada contest was rigged as a get-out-of-jail-free card. Oh. <laughs> Get it? <laughs> <It's> Monopoly. <Yeah. laughs> uh, I got more. <laughs> I hope. Um, at, at that same year, on November 12th, Jude, uh, St. Jude's Research Hospital anonymously received the instant $1 million prize that even New York Times could not locate the source of despite doing its own investigation. Really? So, so timeline of that, he gets tamper seal thing, and a few months later, uh, St. Jude's anonymously gets a million dollars. So he hmm. donated basically a million dollars to St. Jude's? Yeah, right off the rip. Doesn't I think sound he was like testing a- the whole... Th- yeah, I think he was testing the whole theory. It's the safest way to do it too, because you know, hospitals good PR. See if anyone gets suspicious. It would affect his job if they were suspicious. Yeah, you know, but he, you know, he doesn't have anybody claim it that's near him at all. Yeah. so they just you know use the money, and you're like, okay, sweet, that went fine. I think that's pretty clever. That was smart. What is? And it took a. It takes a lot of fucking discipline. Yeah, to, do to something give like away that. that much money. What is your What is your take on this man's character? Since you know the whole story, like, is he? Oh, it's not the best. Oh, it's not shit, okay. really the worst. You'll see. You'll see. He's. I don't know. A kind of a chaotic neutral, to be honest. Okay. We'll, we'll get to it. All right. So his butch his butcher that same year wants to run another hot game. Which, dude, if someone comes back to me to do it, I'm like, you're out. Nope, you're too greedy. You're gonna fuck this uh-huh. whole thing. I'm out. Mm-hmm. But Jacobson gives him a two hundred thousand dollar piece in promise of getting forty five grand back, which would be like one of his biggest ones yet. I wonder if he's also like, if I don't give this man the piece, then the jig is up. He'll he'll turn me in. Well, but then he would get in trouble too because he got you know, the 10 grand. Yeah. So, um, actually I guess eight grand cause he paid two grand for yeah. it. So, um, his, the butcher was like, Oh yeah, we'll totally do that. I'll give you 45 grand. I'll have my sister find it in Maryland far from us in Atlanta and she'll cash it. And then that motherfucker cashes it in himself and gave Jacobson four grand. Oh my God. What an absolute <gasps> buffoon. But also, that dude called his bluff. He's like, what are you going to do? Muscle me? Yeah. No. Yeah. What are you going to do? Tell on me? No. Here's 4000 Fuck off. <laughs> That's spicy. That guy fucking figured the game out. He's like, oh, okay, the eight grand works. He ran his trust test run, right? Yeah. He's like, eight grand works, no trouble. Give me 200 Fuck you. We're done. Bye. <laughs> so, doesn't get caught, though. And no one gets caught. He's like, all right. He wasn't happy about seeing his fucking butcher on TV. But um, so still working. He's sitting in the Atlanta airport when a man named Gennaro Colombo sits next to him 
with a huge bag of $100 bills. Columbo. And uh, th- they get to talking, and the- it turns out that Gennaro Colombo runs adult nightclubs, underground casinos, and a sports betting ring. Huh. Huh. That's a suspicious Maybe related to name. the Colombo crime I was going to say, yeah, I was like, Colombo, that is quite the name. <laughs> he implies as much. Jacobson figures this is the right guy to talk some fucking shop with. So he's like, hey, man, I got a scam going, too. <laughs> and uh, he's like, oh, shit, I'm into it. So by November 95, Jacobson gave Colombo a game piece in uh, to win the Dodge Viper. But uh, they, his wife was like, he had to take the money. The wife of Colombo eventually reports that he had to take the money because he's way too fat to fit in a Dodge Viper because he's Damn. a big Italian crime boss yeah. who would squeeze <laughs> yeah. us into a little Viper. That's fair. It doesn't stop there, though. So after a two-week whirlwind romance, Colombo marries himself a hot 34-year-old woman named Robin and starts traveling from Atlanta to Boston <clears throat> with friends to win the million-dollar prize. Yeah. Let me drink some water. Yeah, not not inconspicuous at all, bro. <laughs> A lot of these hot scams so, like this go down because people can't like just shut up. They can't just like I agree. Lie low. I agree. You yeah, for real. So um, he introduced Jacobson or uh, the our guy to Robin as Uncle Jerry, and the very next year, Robin's father amazingly found the one million dollar game piece, dude. And then uh, she, that same year, amazingly, her brother-in-law also won the one million dollar game piece. Crazy! That's insane. They all kicked back cash to Jacobson, obviously. Of course. Then she introduced her friend, just Robin's friend, to the Colombo family, who gave him forty thousand dollars, which was one of the bigger ones. And she also got a, a grand prize piece. Jeez. She also lived in Jacksonville. But she pretended to live in South Carolina with her cousin to, to fill out the forms and, um, when she submitted her winning piece. So Jacobson had not told his new wife, because uh, he's got a new one. They're not a big part of the story. Uh, he didn't tell her about any of this while he was giving his own stepbrother three more $1 million game pieces. Bro, why? The stepbrother himself was personally successful and said that he didn't need the money. He flushed one down the toilet, put one in a Salvation Army bucket, and just like threw one away. So he just didn't give a motherfuck. I don't understand that part of the story. I think Jacobson was like, look what I can do. And the Brissette brother's like, you're going to get me fucking Yeah, arrested. fuck you. I don't the want this shit at smartest all. Smartest man in the story, it sounds like. He's like, I'm oh, good. Truly, I got yeah. in, got my money, I'm out. Yeah. Uh, by 1998, Jerome's nephew got a $200,000. Uh, that's Jacobson. Because I, I go back and forth on the names. I do yeah. it all the time. Um, got a $200,000 game piece in exchange for forty five grand. And then a distant cousin at the nephew's wedding got a prize too. I was like, what the fuck? Dude, you're just rounding everybody, bro. What the fuck? So so they're like, they made the point, they're like, well, this is works for Jacobson because those recruiters, you know, they're they're not connected to them. But I'm like, I don't I don't know. It it's still seems really like really exposed. It still it seems really like exposed. All roads point back to Jacobson. Like yeah, there's a degree of I, I separation mean, yeah. there. Like it, it, I and know. you know, I guess 
maybe he has some insight because he works for the marketing firm and he's like, hey, if they just see a name, they don't give a motherfucker. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I guess. So J- Jerome's getting fucking rich at this point and he starts hanging out with a lot of powerful Italian men whose families are well known in their communities. Oh. <laughs> and he starts buying houses and cars and then he joins a classic car club. And he sells four pieces to a motherfucker there to buy a classic Oldsmobile. I was like, fuck. I'm like, you'll just blab your fucking mouth Dude, to, to anybody, anybody about bro. this shit. No wonder like, you I got caught. I would need to know someone a long time. Yeah. For sure. Um, so, anyway, meanwhile, Columbo's wife, Robin, is getting kind of tired of being a mobster wife. Because if you've seen The Sopranos, they're not treated terribly right. well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they're also unable to make outside friends because they are in a crime family. Yeah. And uh, she has a neglectful gangster husband who's obviously fucking his goomars uh, all over town. So she's just in the dust. She starts talking to Jake's, Jacobson on the phone. And they start getting pretty close. Start Ooh. talking late night, long talks. Not good. And he's like, she's like, I, I'd have to leave him. And he's like, you can just marry me. And then she's like, stop. You're so bad. Yeah. <laughs> so in an attempt to revive their marriage, Columbo and Robin drive to Georgia to look for land to build a house on, which classic. I don't, I don't understand why they didn't just make a baby. That's the first move to fix a failing relationship. Yeah, you always have a kid. Always. Jam a child out of there. Yeah. Unfortunately, they were absolutely clobbered by a Ford F-150 that dragged them about 250 feet until they were smashed into a concrete divider. What? Columbo crawled. Yeah. Columbo crawled out of the car. He was able to do so, but they had a jaws of life Robin and her child out. But Columbo ends up slipping into a coma and dies two weeks later after uh, being on life support. Jesus Christ. I was like, crazy mid-season reveal yeah, on Columbo. Who fuck? saw that one <laughs> yeah. come in? <laughs> uh, Jacobson's bummed because he lost his cash pig. Um, and so he eventually recruits a nearly random, oops, sorry, nearly random dude from Atlanta that he meets on a cruise. I was what? Like, oh, my God. Dude, you'll fucking just, you'll get anybody <laughs> in on this. Do you just, is, I'm like, dude, you're hanging out with, like, mobsters you can't just be like hey cruise buddy yeah hey cruise buddy you want to who do i want to bring in on the scam someone who's been a part of a crime family their entire life and that crime family's been around for fucking decades or 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 do this guy i found on a fucking uh fucking carnival cruise ship on the way to panama (laughs) or like fucking costa rica (laughs) so uh the this dude is interested. Doesn't he's like I don't know if this is real, but he ends up getting two hundred grand out of it through an accomplice. But he doesn't want to be involved in it, so he just refers a couple other motherfuckers Smart to man. him. And and Jacob and Jacobs is like sick. Yeah, two strangers. Love it. I would gladly include them yeah. in my crime enterprise. Smart man. Get um, your fucking money. One, get out. I know. Just clean. Yeah. So one dude, Richard, thought he was tricked into thinking he was he, he was actually tricked into thinking he was helping McDonald's find winners for oh, really? tickets. Yeah, he he thought his job was to like go around and be like, "Hey man, you want one?" like which is actually kind of brilliant because you tell that guy that, he's going to look up any motherfucker yeah. that is totally unrelated to you. He would recruit people at random at parties. He even one time snagged someone standing on a float in Mardi Gras. It's like, hey, you want a million dollars? Here you go. <laughs> he did it. So Jerome's got literally dozens of winners now. Dozens. And starts getting a little stressed out about it. Starts getting a little gray in the temples and going to his psychic a lot. Um, meanwhile, 
psychic is a gangster for therapy, I assume. Okay. So meanwhile, Robin is worried. Have you seen the Sopranos? No, dude. So much of this lines up with it. Really? Really? really, Yeah. Also, the Sopranos is really good. That's what I've heard. People, we've had this talk before that I need to watch it. Actually, it's excellent. Mob bosses. I've been watching Tulsa King, and it's pretty good. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right on. So, um, so uh, it's just funny because a big part of that show is Tony goes to therapy. Like, yeah, I do. I have seen a little bit. I've yeah. seen enough clips so I'm of like, the Sopranos of him being in therapy. Yeah, yeah. I was like, this this, uh, this psychic is just his therapist. Yeah, too <laughs> fragile. Um, yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Robin is worried about her in laws, an Italian crime family. Okay, that, that are, she's worried they might murder her for her suspected Naturally. role in her husband's death. Like they, they're like, you were driving, bitch. Um, she started forging and defrauding to start making some cash and ends up in prison. The Daily Beast article and New York Times are very uh, quiet about how her life descends into ending up in actual prison. Okay. Um, but she was really worried while she's in prison that her family was going to brainwash her child, make a part of the mob, and um, – she starts freaking out, and she also thinks that the Columbos told the FBI about her dad, cousin, and friend oh. who won the prizes as retribution. Okay. This was in the year 2000. Okay. The FBI gets this tip, like we said earlier, and they call up Amy Murray, the face of McDonald's, and they tell her, hey, we think the 1996 winner was a fraud. There's... Oh, and I have a quote from the article. This was just a throwaway line in the article. They say, she was the McQueen of McDonald's, said Joe Maggart, a disgraced Ronald McDonald actor who was convicted of making harassing phone calls while posing as the clown. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting person to get your fucking quotes from. (laughs) I was like, okay. Also, you guys call up Joe and call him disgraced. Yeah, for real. Yeah, hey Joe, what's up? Can we get your uh, opinion on this article? Yeah, thanks. And then just fucking talk some shit about him in your article? Damn. (laughs) I was like, man, I'm going to have to read about that guy's story later. That's yeah. hilarious. Um, so she um, rings up the winner on presumably a hamburger phone and says that he had <laughs> won in New Hampshire, where he had lived for a year, but utility and property records showed that he had lived in Jacksonville the whole time. The whole time. Naturally. They're like, man, it turns out if we just do basic Googleable level yeah. research, we can find out these people are scammers. Yeah, if you're going to claim you live somewhere for a year, you might as well actually do that. Like, make it somewhat believable. Or be like, I, yeah. Yeah, like I was staying. Dude, in a, it's for a million. Yeah. Like, just try, motherfuckers. Yeah. Just, just spend a fucking year in a hotel. Spend a half, six months in a yes. hotel or something. I'm like, okay, whatever. You spent, you know, 15, 20 grand to live in another state yeah. for a year. I'm like, now you don't have to work for like 10 years, Yeah, you're bro. fucking like, chill out. What's wrong with you? So, um... This is right around when McDonald's is going to start its Who Wants to Be a Millionaire promotion, similar kind of style. Um, So the FBI comes up with its hilariously clever operation name called Operation Final Answer. And they start getting agents to start. I was like, you cringe lords. Yeah, you fucking nerds, dude. You definitely just watch TV. Jesus Christ. So they start getting a team of agents, about 25 of them, to start making calls, calling up the previous winners 
and uh, figuring out what the fuck's going on. They said that they investigated like a pyramid scheme where they go for the cheapest people and start investigating outwards in to figure out who's actually in charge of this. Um, so, meanwhile, Jacobson is busy recording, uh, recruiting a Mormon realtor named Dwight Baker into his failed scheme. Okay. He... Um, or rather, oh, sorry, not failed. I that was that was for my second line, and then just a normal scheme. It's not failed yet. <laughs> yeah, not but yet. But there is an active FBI investigation, so never looks good. Uh, he had suffered a spinal injury in a tractor accident and had a couple failed business startups. A lot of debt was in a tight spot. Perfect. Jacobson offers him a million dollars, and he wants his biggest amount yet, a hundred grand up front. Okay, hundred grand. Jacobson is like. Uh, okay, I'll get my foster son to do it because he has some random name and they'll never put that together. But they only come up with 50 grand and then just file the claim anyway. I don't understand why people keep doing that to this guy. What? It's such a risky thing yeah, to do. Yeah, for real. Baker, um, so, but Baker doesn't like really tell his foster son the details about it. Jacobson tells Baker the details. Jacob Baker knows the details. And so he tells his son, don't do any fucking promos. Yeah. Don't do anything for McDonald's. Don't be in the commercials. Don't be on the radio. Nothing. So his son goes to McDonald's and receives a giant novelty check in front of two camera crews. Uh, that footage ends up in an FBI office. Obviously. Uh, obviously. <laughs> yeah. uh, Baker gave a couple more prize pieces to a friend and sister-in-law who tried to spoof their addresses with call forwarders and P.O. boxes. Both of them kicked back to Jacobson. The sister-in-law then blabs her fucking mouth to three more people who obviously all live in the same area. Oh, my God. I was like, oh, because she was over-promising. She was like, oh, I'll get this much money. I'll buy all these people the shit. And then it ended up being too much money. And she's like, well, I'll just get them prizes. And now she's just roping more local strangers in. Jesus Christ, bro. I really kind of blame her for this, like, falling apart because she got really sloppy. Duh. And this was what allowed the FBI to start really triangulating where the person distributing these tickets lived because they start putting pins in a board and they're like, how weird. These are all like 25 yeah. miles apart. <laughs> uh, so um, they requested McDonald's delay a couple of the checks for a few weeks for the claim uh, winners while the FBI uh, wiretapped their phones. Okay. Which was genius. Yeah. uh, Because now they're starting to freak the fuck out because this has worked effortlessly for, like, years, but now they're delayed. Yeah, now something's going on. What's going on? And and Jacobson's like, yeah, my goose is cooked. Yeah. (laughs) I'm 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 fucked. (laughs) They've never done this before. (laughs) Um, Around this time, McDonald's is about to run another promo, but is considering calling it off for obvious reasons. They're also a little worried about the legal liabilities of running uh, this thing knowing it's compromised. Uh, but the FBI's like, ah, come on, dude. We need you to do it. Yeah, we need come, on, just, come on. Yeah, just run it. Run th- go, go through with it. The pl- obviously, you should just trust p- p- uh, positions of authority. That's yeah. the whole fucking <laughs> message of this yeah. episode. Um so they agree, and uh, meanwhile, the sister-in-law that was doing all that shit earlier is really fucking things up, because she's supposed to be kicking back to Jacobson, but she just runs. She takes the money and runs, Damn. and they are freaking out, because they're like, oh my god, this guy's like crime family associated. Yeah, we're, You're stealing yeah. from him now, um, and this is really bad news for the Baker family, because they really need money, too. 
So they stake out the they personally the like um, husband and wife stake out the Indianapolis airport arrival section for days. Really? Until they fucking yeah, until they spot her come in and they fucking like, hey, what's up? What's going and they on? Find her with damn twenty grand in cash and four hundred eighty thousand dollars in cashier's check. Jesus. So, they fucking nailed it. Yeah, they they and fucking they FBI, were not going to get wrecked. The FBI recorded on film their entire tense confrontation in the airport. <laughs> what really? <laughs> yeah, Holy they were shit. being tailed. Damn. They were being tailed. That's so they, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I was like, "Whoa, the FBI was on yeah, it." Yeah, they were hot one. on their shit, dude. Um you don't fuck with big capital, bro. They no. don't care about random strangers dying. Don't no. fuck that case up a million times out of a million. <laughs> Are you steal from the McDonald's family? We are fucking Ronald going down. The biggest crime family. You and the Hamburglar are done, bro. Fucking taking you down. So um, the FBI manages to catch a convo where they're able to figure out who they think is going to win next. They're like, oh, shit, I think we finally figured out who is honing in on this. So Amy Murray, the spokesperson of McDonald's, calls them. She's like, hey, we got another winner. And the FBI's like, is it this guy? And she's like, yeah. (laughs) And they're like, sweet, got it. This is where the fake McDonald's commercial from earlier comes back in. Okay. 19 later, 19 days later in August 2001, FBI erased, arrested eight people in a raid across the state, including Jacobson Baker and his stupid sister and the rando dude who was giving half tickets at Mardi Gras. What <laughs> so. a fucking buffoon, dude. <laughs> Jesus so, Christ. Uh, Jacobson is a 60-year-old man with multiple sclerosis, gray hair, looking at 45 years in prison. So he signs a confession, testifies in court, pleads guilty to the whole fucking thing, uh, gets three charges for 15 years in prison, and the FBI seizes every single thing he owns. Damn. You know what's crazy? My neighbor that I told you about that was on Dirty Money for defrauding Native Americans with payday loan checks um he didn't have any of his stuff taken away really i yeah he still, they still have the ford raptor sitting in the driveway at this moment that's fucking so I was, insane yeah i was always wondering about that i i was like maybe he just had enough cash to like deal with it or maybe scott tucker the his boss the ferrari yeah. team racing owner who also defrauded all those people uh maybe he paid for some of that it was his lawyer. That's, I don't know, dude. That usually when you fuck over like any entity with a lot yeah. of money, they're gonna seize all your fucking assets. But here's the thing: he's a rich white man, and he's stealing from native. People, That's true. So I was gonna bring like I was gonna bring. I'm that surprised up. they didn't fucking shake his hand as they arrested. Yeah, I was gonna. He was bring, he I, was arrested by a like dawn raid. Like, oh, they really? didn't break his door down, but they showed up in force, front and back door fucking get out damn yeah i was thinking that i was gonna i I was gonna say it but uh yeah he was defrauding uh you know people of color and this and you know the people we're talking about they stole from mcdonald's so yeah um america values (laughs) the big mac over native americans (laughs) so Uh, do we have a sad trombone noise? I don't, I, do, I don't know, to be honest. I don't think so. We need to get one, though. Um. So, anyway, 
Um, McDonald's responds with a television address to tell everybody they stopped working with Simon Marketing. Fair. You don't um, say. Which, as a company, promptly collapsed because their reputation was completely yeah, obliterated. fucking tarnished. Uh, I was like, we gotta get someone on the pod. Someone that was, uh, yeah, that was there. there. There's yeah. like tons of people. Yeah, I bet we could get some you know, no-name employee who was like, yeah, I knew that guy or some shit. I want to know what that's like seeing on the TV that your boss fucked your whole yeah. company like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they, the McDonald's then starts a 10 million instant prize um, that is kind of a redemption arc where they have a prize patrol um, that was supposed to just walk around and give the award to someone instead of any of the game pieces. I was like, that sounds way more fucking yeah, sketch and yeah. bullshit. Then, uh, also, um, I Simon actually, Worldwide, um, I believe, so I looked up what happened to Simon Marketing. Simon Marketing. Yeah, Simon yeah. Marketing. It says in May 2002, Simon Worldwide went into liquidation. Yeah. That, that makes sense. Right. That makes sense. Damn. Let me see if they... I never checked. Did McDonald's ever give away its $10 million? Did it ever? Oh, okay. So what they did was, oh, okay. Here it is. I found it. McDonald's fattened the wallet to 15 customers it's from New York Times uh, with million dollar prizes, payouts from an instant win giveaway in which anyone got a chance to win just for wandering into one of the fast food restaurants on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Okay. Uh, so they just picked 15 people, gave them a million dollars each. Um, People were still pissed about it because it wasn't like fair. I was yeah, like, dude, yeah. shut up. It's all I a mean, fucking scam. Yeah, it's a lottery. It's for real. Um, and McDonald's also did pay the $1 million to the hospital because you can't really just go out. Yeah, you can't just take that back. Pay. Yeah, you're already like, you're already in hot water for getting your fucking, getting hot scammed. And uh, people probably wouldn't respond well to you yoinking a million dollars from St. Jude's. Uh, and they did spend their money on cancer research and shit. So cool. Hell yeah. Um, so the reason that this court, this whole debacle is fairly well forgotten. And though daily beast is the only person who's investigated it. The reason that the, a lot of people didn't even know that there was a, a person who scammed the whole thing was because the court case for the entire thing started on September 10th, 2001. <laughs> Immediately, <laughs> everyone forgot about it because they had other things to never forget. Now, where's the theory that McDonald's did 9-11 to cover up this, <laughs> this hot scandal? We need to just let everybody forget about Dude, this. Dude, yeah. Fuck it. How, how, that, like, they were like, a scandal of this magnitude, we're going to need to pull off a miracle to make to not look and like they see idiots. 9/11, they're like, oh, thank God. No, not even that. They were like, what are we gonna do so people this gets swept under the rug? It's not like another Elvis Presley can die. And they were like, you know what? <laughs> Fucking, I got. We're gonna find some planes, fly it into Middle a tower. Country. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna kick off one of the fucking biggest modern modern day wars. Look, I'm not saying that. It was an inside job, but I don't know if anyone's investigated that Dick Cheney has ties to McDonald's. Yeah. I'm just saying <laughs> yeah. it's possible. It's believable. You never know. I'm just planting that seed and see if it goes anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I every every article credits 9-11 with this as just whitewashing the whole. Incident. Yeah. They're like, gone, gone. Everybody forgot about yeah. it. We got new things to focus about. 
50 of the defendants were convicted of mail fraud and conspiracy. And the four recruiters that Jacobson hired uh, got one year and one day in prison and fat fines. Interesting. Baker, the Mormon, got excommunicated from the church, whatever, Mormons are shit, while his family and a bunch of uh, his wife, sister, family, a bunch of winners got probation and are paying back the awards of what they claimed at the rate of $50 a month. Really? If they just invested the five hundred grand, they, it would pay for the fucking fine. Yeah, I mean, what the fuck? Fifty dollars a month? Fees. You'd still be ahead. Yeah, I was like, what the? That's what fucking the fuck crazy. That? Yeah, what the fuck? Four of these people, however, did get their convictions overturned on appeals, including Baker's foster son, because it was agreed that they had been duped. They yeah. didn't know the full details, and they got scammed. That's funny. um. In her sentencing court, Robin Colombo saw uh, quickly on her lawyer's papers that she was going to go back to prison, so she immediately booked it out of the court screaming, and she was tackled by marshals, <laughs> sentenced to 18 months in prison where she found God, wrote a book, and reunited with her son who didn't join the mafia. Wow. You know, yeah, toss some applause on that. Yeah, That's okay, nice. yeah, we're, hold on, let's yeah, see if I can yeah. get it right off the rip. Nope, train sound. <laughs> <laughs> uh so um yeah yeah i was like cool her book has four reviews on amazon if you guys want to go check it out google it i didn't write down the name it's about god (laughs) Um, jacobson himself got 37 months in jail for stealing 24 million dollars in prizes which is dude ridiculous you could rob a, a pawn shop and get five years or more yeah um, he had to pay $12 million in restitution. Uh, McDonald's sued Simon Marketing. They sued back. Some Canadians tried to sue. It was a whole bunch of bullshit. And then when the contest became truly random, a Pizza Hut employee won and a Taco Bell owner. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. And McDonald's is like, Jesus Giving money Christ. to the enemy, dog. <laughs> and that is... The McDonald's crime family. Damn, and the McDonald's McNopoly scam. That's fucking crazy. That is. It is pretty crazy, bonkers. right? Yeah, that is. Fucking... But there was justice, you know. Yeah, yeah, the right yeah. people. And and also the one crime boss just died. So cool, I guess. Yeah, cut know? off that loose end, I guess. Fucking <laughs> yeah, and sure. Just get fucking divine intervention. It seemed like. Damn, that is a good story. I think I would have gotten like four winners and stopped forever. Yeah, that's it. It's I would have. I got man. kickbacks. For, yeah, once they, dude, recruiting randos like yeah. that, so sloppy. Yeah, super so sloppy. Stupid. Once it works though, and like you, nothing happens to you. It's like, oh, I can just do this, and it's fine. But like, it's one of those. The things- real dirty way to do it would be. You take a, a a couple of thugs, real goons, you know, big goons. Yeah, make them drive to fucking fifty states all over the country. Find someone that they recruit that looks down on their fucking luck, and you're gonna have to threaten to muscle them so they don't dick around on the payback. Yeah, and, and you know, and they're like, "Cool, thanks." You know, sure, you find these people and you threaten them and scare them, but at the end of it, they end up with more they're money than they started with, and, and it's a rando. Perfect. Yeah, never be traced back to them. But they did it. I was like, I was shocked. This was the plan, dude. Yeah, I I, very, uh, very sloppy work. And again, man, it's one of those things where it's like you kind of got to get lucky every time. But the feds only have to get lucky one time, and your whole operation yeah. is fucking kaput. 
Yeah, it's McFox. Dude, yeah, McFox. Sure. No way. I thought it was uh, a pretty funny scam, though. Overall, I was like, you know what? Steal from McDonald's. Fuck it. You yeah. know who cares? You know, yeah, fuck him. Those people. Uh, it wasn't. I mean, I don't like love that crime families get money. Yeah, but you yeah. know, um, McDonald's is a crime family anyway. So uh, some people got to live it up, and they only have to pay back six hundred bucks a year, Jesus which is just- insane, <laughs> dude. Awesome. Yeah, the butcher's probably fucking living high life yeah, right fine. now, dude. His shit's great. Yeah, he was one of the smartest of the whole lot. Dude, holy shit, man. That's insane. I, fucking, my story was full of mixed stupid fucking people who didn't have any common sense and put a, and just, a like, young, a, a poor, predators. yeah, a, and fucking mick predators and put a poor young girl through tons of trauma. And then your story was full of just fucking mixed sloppy scammers, dude. <laughs> like mixed sloppy scammers but yes I it think- was it was just a lot of twists and turns i love that the fbi went to, to film that yeah. guy and they're like <laughs> they're like filming like, him they and didn't he- need to do yeah. that <laughs> they're like he's like telling a story and they're just like god you are the dumbest person alive <laughs> this, this guy has no idea um apparently like some of the back story that i cut out there was like the fbi office is featured prominently in the mcn the hbo series because it's like more of the element but they were really against undercover work out there i kind of got the impression they were just lazy as fuck and nothing ever serious happened to the fbi in that office and this guy was like uh, hey man, I'm just gonna go be undercover, and they're like, whatever, just get out. And he like kind of just did this Dude, shit himself. You know, you, know? <laughs> you fucking know that guy like 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 was on this case and like formulated this plan one night in bed. He was like, oh, I'm gonna do that. That's a great idea. Yeah. And he ran. Yes. He like ran it by his wife, and she was like, why would you need to go down there? Why couldn't you just have a <laughs> Didn't real? Did you guys cr- get that video yeah. last time? And it's yeah. like, why couldn't you just get a real film crew to film it and then watch the video they filmed? He's like, listen, babe, I gotta go down there and see this i got it it's part of my job i've never been undercover like, i already got the uniform yeah, stupid, <laughs> yeah. Uniform. i bought the fucking newscaster uniform i've got a goddamn like betamax camera that i'm gonna throw over my <laughs> shoulder and fucking yeah dude it really uh really solid undercover work there yeah yeah, yeah. i mean and, the, and everybody got caught really nobody got hurt yeah pretty clean pretty Pretty yeah pretty scam overall that is true the only person that really like lost tons and tons of money would be mcdonald's but i mean robin's life kind of went to shit but she married a mobster yeah that's true mcdonald's fault it's not jerome jacobson's fault so you gotta do what you gotta do but yeah damn this uh mcdonald's theme was a good idea was it yeah, hot, episode, Mc, hot like McDonald's that. scams? I mean, how many f- hot and fresh? How We're many about to uh, serve our hundred thousand? Uh, yeah, hundred hundred and one uh, episodes served up supersized. Um, you got anything else you want to add? No, that's it. All right. Well, we'll see you guys. You subscribe, obviously. Yes, please. Uh, we'll see you guys next week uh possibly i don't know i'm gonna be out of town this upcoming weekend so we'll we'll talk about it this week and figure out what we want to do um and then we'll have uh in-person recording spectacular where uh we'll actually be in the same room together which is exciting that'd be crazy exciting yeah really exciting so we'll see you guys again soon be safe be kind to others don't forget to rate review subscribe send us some mail at snackspacksmail at gmail.com or you can message us on the podcast instagram which is snackspacks podcast we will see you guys soon love you so much Bye bye